You are listening to the Mill Sunday School Podcast. Hebrews chapter 10, and I would love for you to turn there in your own Bibles, whether they're electronic or paper Bibles. Uh, We're in the habit of not putting the scripture on the screen to encourage you to to turn to the passage. So Hebrews chapter 10, this is um, one of the verses in here when we get to it was a verse that we used to be like our small group motto because it says, let's not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing. And we thought, oh, let's, let's have that as our motto. Let's just know the importance of meeting together. Even if we're just meeting together, that's all we do. That's important. So let's not give that up. But anyways, Hebrews chapter 10, verse 23, let's read it. It says, let us hold unswervingly. So we're holding unswervingly to the hope we profess. For he who promised is faithful. So it's talking about God. God is faithful. So let's hold unswervingly to that hope that we profess. And let us consider how we may spur one another on. So as you, when you meet, encourage each other. Um, spur one another on towards love and good deeds. And in verse 25, the, this motto that I used to have as a small group, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another all the more as we see the day approaching. So let's pray. Jesus, we open Sunday school to you. We, we ask you and tell you that you can open our hearts and our minds to understanding more of who uh, you are inside of us and more of who we are inside of you. That as we talk about the church this morning, God, um, just allow us to be the church. Allow us to see something new and fresh and holy about what we do as, as people who meet together and bless your name and call you awesome and call you God. So we praise you, Jesus. We love you so much. And everybody screamed. Amen. So we're talking about ecclesiology, which is, of course, the study of church. That's the big fancy word for it. And, and so the study of church, um, I'm going to jump right into welcoming you. Then we're going to get into a discussion question. So welcome to the Mill Sunday School. If uh, you haven't been around very long, then maybe you don't know that we are on this uh, nine-month topic called a church kind of systematic theology or dogmatics. And here we are in April talking about the church, ecclesiology. And so um, that's the topic all this month. That's the topic today, ecclesiology what the church is, what the church does. And so if you are new on all your tables, it should be a little card, looks like this, and you can fill it out and bring it to the people as you leave. We have like a little gift bag for you. It's got Brady Boyd, our senior pastor's uh, book, Sons and Daughters, as well as a CD, uh, a worship CD. It's got a couple songs or maybe just one song and a welcome sermon to you. So that's just a little gift that we will give you. And we'll send you an email and give you a call if you want. So, so on the on the card is like a checkbox, and if you don't want to be called or emailed, that's cool. Uh, You get the gift anyway. So uh, there's that. So here's your discussion question. And we asked, or I asked this discussion question um, at the Sunday School Think Tank. And if you don't know what the Sunday School Think Tank is, well then... you should. Um, the Sunday School Think Tank is when we, as the Sunday School leaders, we gather and we talk about the month's topic in advance, and we, and we go over what we're going to be talking about. We, we come up with a lot of these discussion questions and points, and we talked about this question, which I'm going to give to you, which is it's hopefully an easy question for you. Um, even if you're 
would say you're a visitor to the church and you're just like, yeah, I'm checking things out, you would still have something to say to this discussion question, whether you're new and checking church out or whether you are an old-time church member going to church since you were a baby, you could have something to say about this discussion question. So I would love for you to get into groups at tables. If you're at a smaller table, you could join a bigger table and go around and, and maybe each one of you shares some aspect that of, of church that is your favorite aspect. So what is your favorite aspect of church. And it doesn't have to be New Life Church. It doesn't have to be Sunday school. It could just be church in general. Like, what is it that you like about church? Maybe something that's important to you or meaningful to you, what we do as a church, what we believe as a church. Um, it's kind of just open to that. And then I, I have a microphone. I'm going to come out and get a few of uh, what you have to say about what your favorite aspect of church is. Cool beans? Cool beans. All right, ready, set, discuss this question. All right, I'm probably cutting your uh, discussion time short, but I would love to hear uh, from some of you. I have a microphone here, and you could stand up and chat with, for all of us, or you could stay where you're seated. No pressure. Um, but I would love to hear maybe, maybe three or four of your examples of what maybe your personal or maybe something somebody said at your group as to your favorite aspect of church. Oh, my friend David Leal, what's up? Okay, so um, our table... I think unanimously agreed on community, community, just being able to hang out with all of you guys and, and party with Jesus. So, yeah. Party with Jesus. I like that. That's your favorite. <laughs> not exactly. The table's like, that's not exactly what we said, but I, I, I get it. Anybody else? No? Okay. Up front. Thank you for sharing. Go ahead. What we... Hello? Yeah, okay, good. good. <laughs> what we discussed is that um, for me, I love worshiping and the lessons and um, my partner over here. Um, <laughs> like worshiping the less, like the part, like church, coming to church and experiencing church. Yeah, and all the nice people that you get to meet. Nice people. That's you guys. <laughs> awesome. Sweet. Thank you for sharing. Anybody else? Okay. Higgins will be our last one for this one. But we have other discussion questions, too. I'm going to pull out my think tank answer and say it's, it's, the, uh, it's the scope of the church. The vision and the calling of the church is what, what I, I find to be my quote-unquote favorite aspect is heaven here on earth, as N.T. Wright puts it. And that's, that's what church is to me, is to bring heaven here on earth. And just, just that calling is overwhelming. Awesome. Yeah. Very, very good idea. Very cool aspect of what your favorite part of the church is. So we'll come back to that and we'll talk. Today's lesson is really what the church does. Because last time, uh, if you're taking notes, we defined the definition of the church. And to very quickly uh, overview all last week when we talked about this for about an hour, uh, if we just took five minutes, we'd say, well, if you read the Nicene Creed, and we as, as the church have been saying the Nicene Creed since like the 300s AD, it's a creed that all churches uh, would agree on. It, it begins, and, and down towards the end of it, it, it says, we believe in one holy, Catholic, and apostolic church. And last time we defined each one of these, we said, oh, the church is one. It's not two. It's not divided. It's one church. It's holy that we are called apart. 
that we are separate from the world. We look, we act, we live our lives differently than the world. We said it's Catholic, and we said don't, don't be confused with the Holy Roman uh, Catholic Church, but, but we would say, oh, we're Catholic and that it's universal, it's worldwide. It's those who have lived, as well as those living, as well as those who will live, who profess Jesus as Lord. So it's worldwide, it's universal. And finally, it's apostolic, this idea that it is from the right teachings of the apostles, from what, what the apostles taught, what the eyewitnesses of Jesus taught about Jesus. We follow those teachings, and we believe that they're very important. So that's one holy Catholic and apostolic church. That's the kind of church we believe in. And so today, we are going to talk about the functions of the church. So we defined what the church is. Let's now talk about what we as the church do. What, is, what are our roles as the church? What do we do as the church? So uh, hopefully you like your table and, and discussing things because here's the next question. Um, and so maybe assign someone a scribe at your table. Um, just point someone, say, you have good handwriting, write it down. Um, and, and what I would love for you to do is list, <laughs> everyone's getting pointed at. Um, all right, cal- calm down. I haven't even given you the question yet. Uh, have them write down, what do we do? What are the functions, and I'm going to say roles is, is a very similar word to how we're going to define it. Uh, what are the functions slash roles of the church? What do we do? What should we be doing as a church? Maybe get a list of, uh, I have a list of four that are very broad. You could get a, like a, a list that's a lot more, that's more individualized. But assign someone to scribe and just list things that the church does. Okay? Ready? Get set. Go. All right, there wasn't quite a minute, but I hear some of the lulls in the conversation. So I don't have the mic. So I would love for you just to yell and scream one of the functions or roles of the church that you picked. This table? What? (laughs) The Great Commission. Go and make disciples. Go and preach and baptize and make disciples. Evangelize. How many of you said evangelize at your tables? What else? Lee, what did you guys come up with? We collect charity. Well, yeah, we, we give love, we give uh, charity, we help other people. What did you guys say as a table? Yeah, kind of like the first, like evangelism. It's, it's a, like a li- the church is like a lighthouse, shining out, evangelizing. You guys? Love and support for the community. That's kind of like what uh, the other table said. Like, we give charity. Anybody else? We're kind of just yelling. I don't have the mic, so we're just... We worship together. Is that what you guys said, Nisa? Is that what you were going to say? They stole it from you? Battling evil. We learn about Jesus together. We feel safe together. We meet together. We... Spiritually healing Anything else, Joe? We what? We equip the saints. We edify each other. So I have a list of four. We, what we just said, I, did, I wasn't really counting. I'm guessing somewhere around seven or eight we just said. So I'm going to say that there are four functions of the church, and these are more broad 
categories of what we do. And I would say all the things we just mentioned would fit into one of these four things. Because if you uh, go to a textbook, a theology textbook, if you go online, maybe some of you did this uh, and cheated, although I I didn't say you couldn't do this, so it'd be fine if you did. Um, But if you went online and said, what are the functions of the church? Well, then sometimes the lists are like seven, sometimes there's six, sometimes there's ten functions of the church. But I'm going to make an argument that these four will cover all those ten, that somehow the ten will follow into these headings. So I'm going to give us four and talk about each one as we go. Cool beans? Oh yeah, because when I say cool beans, you guys say cool beans. Anyway, it's a bad habit I have. So anyways, uh, the first one was the one that this first table said. They said, um, maybe not this word, but evangelism. Someone said the church is like a lighthouse, like showing Light, giving light to the world. So we evangelize. We are a club, an organization, air quotations, of course. We are a club or an organization that exists for its non-members. Have you heard that said before? I think I I said that last week. It's not my saying, but um, that the church is one of or the only organization that exists for their non-members. And we evangelize. We share the good news. We Um, have been called to be like fishermen and go fishing. And we are fishers of men. And that's one way to think about it. Um, Maybe a better way, because this is kind of like, wait, we have like hooks and we're trying to catch fish? Nah, maybe, well, maybe in some ways. It's an analogy. In some some ways, the analogy is a good one. In some ways, the analogy falls short. Another way to look at it, maybe a, a, a... I don't know, just a more meaningful way to look at it for people in our world is that we are like the rescuers. And we are saving people, not from a flood like this picture is showing, but we are saving people from sin and their, and their, we're our own spiritual death. I like what Aaron Higgins said, that his, um, a function of the church is to be God here on earth, to be uh, in line, to be paralleled with God's plan on the earth to save the earth, and that we, as people, we as individuals are a part of this saving plan. Like God could have saved people in a lot of different ways. He could have had like a, a party of angels come down and, and share the good news with, with people. He could, he could just use dreams. He could, and he does sometimes. Maybe some of your testimonies involve like, yeah, when I came to believe in Jesus, it was just me and my Bible. And I read it, and I came to this belief, and, and now I'm part of a church. But I would imagine that that's pretty rare. I would imagine that if I said, maybe I will, that how many of you um, came to believe in Jesus because of a group of people in your life that believed in Jesus, how many of you would say that's part of your testimony? Like, yeah, this group of people invited me to church, or my family uh, brought me to church, and I eventually became a believer of Jesus and the ways of the Bible, and that I have been rescued and have seen the good news in action, the good news that Jesus came to save us from our own sins and our own mistakes, and that that by living a life in him, we can be free from sin, that we can have salvation and redemption both now and in the afterlife. So that's that's, um, function number one. If you're taking notes, and we hand out the notes if you got one of these. Uh, function number one, and these are in no particular order. Um, function number one that I have is evangelism. Um, so here it is. Evangelism is number one. Number two, uh, someone said this. Uh, Nisa said, and someone else stole it from her when we were uh, walking around doing discussion um, about the functions of the church, that worship is a function 
of the church. And this could be very well argued that this should be the number one. Uh, and remember, I, I put these in no particular order. But we as a church, we worship our God. That's what defines us as a people. Um, that, that we get together and we worship. And at New Life Church, there's a lot of uh, New Life worship is almost all, always we talk about songs and like, yeah, we, we go. Like after this, after the Mill Sunday School, many of you will go across the street and you go to the worship service. A lot of you will sit together and will worship. Some of you will lift your hands, we'll be listening to music, we'll be singing along, and that is worship. But that's not the only thing that is worship. We would say worship is also living a life that is holy, living a lifestyle of worship in which we pray together. So when we get together and we just pray, well, that, in essence, is worship. If you've ever been to a prayer meeting or a small group, it's like, let's get together and pray. Well, in, in a broader scheme of what worship is, of course, that would be worship. It doesn't have to involve music. It could be when you are by yourself, just praying. It could be by yourself, um, could be with other people as you are doing something that, that honors God and makes him holy in your life, well, that's worship. In fact, a lot of people would argue when you're at work and you're, you're doing your job, whatever your job may be, whether the restaurant industry, the computer industry, um, whatever it is you do, um, when you do it according to like the Lord and you're serving people in such a way that you are I don't know, making him holy and somehow serving God, that that in effect could be worship and is worship. And so one of the functions of the church when we meet together, maybe when we're not even meeting together, when we're just corporately called the church, is that we worship. So that is number two. Function of the church, number two, very important function of the church is worship. And the third one, remember these are no particular order, um, is I'm gonna, I just put this heading of social concern. These two words, Social concern. And, and a couple of you mentioned this one. Like, we take care of each other. We, uh, someone mentioned the word charity when I was walking around. I said, what's the church do? Well, we, we charity. We, we love each other. We do things for those people that are not members, or maybe those that are members. We take care of each other. We take care of the world. I have this cool little JPEG of a hands and this globe. Um, so this idea that we take care of the needs of those outside our congregation. Um, this idea of maybe you've heard the term social justice. And there's a lot of just like uh, negative connotation of what that means when someone says social justice. I think um, you could be on this line of like, oh wait, is that communism or progressivism? Like when you're socially doing social justice or helping people out. And we say, no, let's take a step back from those connotations of, uh, of like political connotations and just say, when we as a church help each other out, when we help those who are not our members out, um, when we take care of people, when we um, give people food and clothing and, and take care of needs, whether they're physical needs or emotional needs, psychological needs, uh, we are in some ways, doing social concern. And there's a lot of talk about social concern and how the church does this, not what the church, maybe this idea of how do we go about doing this? Because I know a lot of Christians who, who say things like, well, you know, let's say there's uh, someone asking for a handout, a homeless person or uh, someone downtown or whatever. They're, they're asking, hey, can I have some money? 
And, and we as the church have a responsibility for social concern to take care of them. But I know many Christians who would say, well, maybe uh, just giving this person money isn't the best. Maybe we're actually hindering them when we give them money because specifically uh, in Colorado Springs, if someone is downtown, well, there's shelters downtown that could take care of people's physical needs. There's, there's um, uh, like soup kitchens that could take care of their physical needs for food. And so sometimes by giving someone money, you might be, and I'm not saying this is all the time, I'm just saying we need to be careful how we do things like social concern. But when we give someone money, we could just be giving them money to go buy um, things like alcohol or methamphetamines or marijuana or the drugs so that we're actually not giving them money for food. We're actually, because they could get food at the food bank, um, we're actually hindering them more than we're helping them. And this is just an argument about how, about how we do things that we do. And there's lots of conversations, really good conversations going on at New Life Church about how we do what we do uh, when we help people. And if we give a handout, are we actually hindering them from them working? Are we actually hindering them from from going out and and making a a livelihood for themselves? Are we actually encouraging behavior that we're trying to help them overcome? Well, those are just questions about how we do things. Those those would be questions and discussions um, that would be outside of this very overview type of lecture of what we're doing. But um, I put up these four ministries at New Life Church. Uh, the New Life Church Stewardship, the local ministry, the Dream Team, uh, excuse me, the Dream Centers of Colorado Springs, and the Global Ministries. So we have four ministries at New Life Church, four departments, you could say, that are, that are all surrounding this idea of social concern. So if you have or know of people who have needs, uh, New Life Church here, we have a food bank across the street. There's a whole room that is dedicated to uh, getting food and then giving food out to people who are in need. And so New Life can't do everything as far as uh, social concerns and every, meet everyone's needs, um, but there's, there's a lot we can do at New Life Church. And so we have a food bank. We help people very often with rent. We help people very often with utility bills and, and these, these kinds of things. And we try to do it in a way that if someone's just like, hey man, I need five bucks, and you'll just give them five bucks. No, let's, let's, let's help them with maybe some underlying issues of where, why this person needs five bucks. Um, let's help them find a job. Let's help them manage money. Let's help them through these things. So New Life uh, Stewardship Ministries. There's, of course, New Life Local um, Ministries who have their office here in the World Prayer Center. And they do awesome things like Royal Family Kids Camp, help foster kids. They do really awesome things like all this week, there was uh, families who don't have homes that are in this program um, and, and getting help and learning how to have job skills. They live here in the World Prayer Center. That's pretty cool. There's Dream Centers of Colorado that, that New Life kind of oversees uh, or at least partners with. And there are centers like the, the Dream Center that takes care of women's health. There's a Dream Center that's going to be like a shelter. And then finally, there's Global Ministries, which meets also here in, in the World Prayer Center. And we do local missions. Or excuse me. We do global missions outside of the U.S. We send teams short-term. We also support teams that are long-term. And I just think we as New Life have grown over the last few years 
um, leaps and bounds in this area of social concern. I really think it's about uh, the heart of our leader, Brady uh, Boyd, as he talks about, let's take care of the widows, the orphans, the people that cannot take care of themselves. Let's find ways and systems of doing this in a really good way so that we are helping and not hindering um, the, the people who need help around us. So that is social concern. If you're defining this, I would say just simply helping people who are not a part of the church. The next one is going to be um, helping the needs of those in the church. But I think social concern, we are called as a function of the church to help those outside of the church. And, and we can do so in a way that is with a message. Like when we, as Christians, work a soup kitchen, let's say. Well, we can give them soup or food or whatever, and their physical needs are met. But often there's um, either a stated uh, goal or a stated message or an unstated kind of an internal message. They're like, why are we doing this? Why, what makes us different? What makes this ministry, this uh, ministry different than other organizations that help people? And of course, the message is that, well, there's a God who, who loves you and cares about you and, and, and wants you to be um, following his ways and his plans for your life. And so um, that's social concern in a nutshell. So, so far, the functions of the church, evangelism, we worship, we have a social concern for those outside of our group, outside of our congregation. And the last one is going to be this word that I just call edification. And edification would be broadly defined as, um, I guess, taking care of the people inside the church. And by that is a very broad definition, I would say fellowship. Uh, David Leal said, oh, we, we, are, we meet together. We have a community. We're like a party for Jesus or whatever. Did you say a party for Jesus? Jesus party? <laughs> so, so, yeah, we have fellowship. We, we have needs like community and, and the church meets those needs. We edify each other. You'd say discipleship. You know, we don't just come together and high five each other and eat breakfast, but there's an edification, a discipleship. It's like, we're here to learn, especially you guys. I would commend you um, and, and as Sunday schoolers, um, realizing the importance of edification and learning and, and growing spiritually, growing uh, in theology, growing in what we know about our God and his ways and his church. And so this edification um, is, is we take care of each other's needs inside the church, whereas the, the social, social concern would be taking care of those outside the church. But it's not just... Um, needs. It's, it's more, well, we feed each other. And by that, of course, I mean uh, figuratively feed each other. But there's this idea of feeding, you know, the, the believers. I have a picture of a baby up here eating. It's like, well, in some ways, like, well, new believers need to be fed. And we're all talking figuratively, of course. Um, but the flock needs to be fed spiritually, emotionally, um, socially, care for each other. Um, I know that a lot of churches, a lot of ministries are really big on evangelism. And that's one of the four um, functions of the church. But if that's all you do as a church, it's like all we need to do is, you know, go out there and catch those fish figuratively, bring them in here and high five them and high five each other that, oh, we've caught some fish. We've added to our membership. Well, where's the discipleship? Where is the, um, the growth of those believers? The Great Commission 
Someone mentioned is, uh, this verse that's often called the, when Jesus commissions us as believers to go out and do what we should do as the church. It's Matthew twenty-eight nineteen, right toward the very end of the book of Matthew. Matthew twenty-eight nineteen says, Therefore go, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So there's two parts here. Make disciples and baptize. And if all we do is like baptize, like, oh, new believers, let's baptize them. Dunk them. Sweet, you're done. It's like, well, what about the discipleship? What about feeding the new believers? What about growing them as, as disciples so that they could disciple others? That's an important part of the function of the church. I think um, like mission trips can often, um, if a mission trip is unorganized and just has a lot of passion, let's just go. Let's just go make disciples. Um, our global department, by the way, does an excellent job of, of partnering with long-term missionaries who are on the field already. Example being something like this. Let's just say uh, a group of you are really excited about, uh, what's name a country? Any, there's like hundreds of countries. Uganda. All right, I heard Uganda first, and then I heard a bunch of other countries. So like a bunch of you are like, oh, let's go to this city in Uganda, and th- they've never heard the gospel. We found this tribe, this, this people group, um, this city uh, that's outside the other city. And so the, this group of people that have never heard the gospel. So we're going to get 10 of us, 15 of us, 20 of us together. We're going to raise money. We're going to fly into Kampala. And then we're going to go take a bunch of buses outside Kampala. And we're going to go to this village that has never heard the gospel. And so we do that. We raise money. We get on a plane. We fly over to Kampala, which is the capital. We get on some buses. We go to this village. We find this village. People, we say, hey, have you ever heard of Jesus? And they're like, no. And we have translators or whatever we need. Uh, we go there for two weeks and we do some street dramas. We do some, some Bible teaching and preaching. We uh, spread the news house to house and we get some believers. There's like people that are like, yeah, we believe. This is awesome. That Jesus, this, this God, this man who came to the earth and, and died for our sins. Okay, we believe this. Yes. Uh, and then we're like, sweet, high five, you're believers. And then they're like, okay, well, what do we do now? What do we do next? And our response would be, well, I don't know. Peace out. We're getting on the plane out of here. It's like, that would be a very bad mission trip, mission trip strategy. Don't you think? Yeah, it's like, well, we stirred up some, I mean, we didn't do, I don't know. We, we did some things. We didn't do other things. Um, but what about those believers? Like, what about, what's the plan for them to not become a cult? <laughs> what's the plan for them to, to grow? And how, what about Bibles? What about a church? What about leadership and the structure? And so our missions department, our global ministries at New Life Church, does a tremendous job with always partnering with people who are already in these places. So we would partner. We would find some church near this village and we would talk, have conversations maybe a year in advance about, okay, what can we do with a two-week mission trip? Um, What if we get a bunch of people saved, let's say, go door to door and people respond? What do we do with those people? Do we just say, all right, peace, we're out, we're getting on a plane. Talk to you later, suckers. It's like, no. What, what kind of plan is there for, for discipleship, for leadership, for church and structure before we just peace out? And so those kinds of things are really important. This edification is a very important role of church. So here are the four. Look at them. Just look at them. Just look at them. Evangelism, worship, social concern, and edification. And maybe something you were thinking of when, when we talked in the groups isn't up here. You're like, well, 
where's discipleship? And I'd say, oh, discipleship would fit at least into this uh, scheme of things under edification. Well, what about witnessing? Well, witnessing, I would say, would be a part of evangelism, number one. It's like you're witnessing to the gospel. That's, that's what that is. Uh, what about fellowship? Where does that fit? I'd say, well, edification. That's a part of that. What about uh, stewardship? And so, well, what do you mean by stewardship? Well, like helping those outside of the church. We'd say, oh, well, that's social concern. What about stewardship inside the church? Like helping the needs that are inside. Oh, I'd say that's probably edification. Um, what about the disciplines? You know, like the church should do the disciplines. And it's like, well, what do you mean when you say disciplines? And you, someone might say, well, like fasting. Like we, you know, we as Christians fast. We give up food and we pray. Well, I would say, well, that's, that's kind of a part of worship. If you're praying fasting and to the Lord as, as a, like a sacrifice to him, well, then that, that's like an act of worship. That would be a part of worship. So I think although these four are very broad, there are big umbrellas by which we can kind of label all things that the church should be doing and that the church does do. So if you look at this list, you see four things. I want to ask another question. So this is the third and final discussion question. So if these are the four functions of the church, I think very often we find people that um, are not happy with the church. And maybe there's some of you in here that, you know, maybe if you, the first thing I said is, what are the functions of the church? Maybe your first thing was, well, the church should be doing this, but it's not doing this. And, you know, I think some people get fed up with the church because it, it says they want to do this, but they don't do this. And I think a lot of times, People will switch churches and say, oh, well, this church isn't doing this very well. The church, this, the church should be doing this better. So I'm going to go to a church that's doing this better than this. And so I, I think those conversations will follow this discussion question. So same tables or different tables, whatever you want to do, I guess. Um, but maybe what reasons do Christians give for switching churches, especially in light of these functions of the church? What should the church be doing? Well, maybe there's, and maybe if you're taking notes and making a scribe of things, list them, list reasons people give for switching churches, but maybe list them and, and talk through them as far as like, well, there, here's some good reasons for switching churches, and here's some not so good reasons for switching churches. So that's your assignment. I'll give you like two minutes. Ready, get set, discuss. All right. I feel like I'll be cutting some of your conversation short, but... um what reasons do Christians give for switching churches? I think there's good reasons, and maybe there's some not so good reasons. One of the, I thought of a couple good reasons, and did anybody say, what if you move? Like, you move cities. Anybody say that? It's like, that would be a good reason to switch churches. Um, and maybe you laugh, like, oh, of course you'd switch churches. But let's say you move to, what's this, Albuquerque, New Mexico, good city? Good enough, sir. <laughs> Go Albuquerque. Uh, I, I don't know why that came to mind. So let's say you move to Albuquerque. So you get a job there. You go to school there or whatever. You move to Albuquerque, New Mexico, as an example. Um, I, I have known people that have, um, you know, moved out of the state um, and, and feel like they can't find a church. Like, oh, I really miss New Life. So what I'm going to do is just keep podcasting New Life sermons and uh, listening to the video podcasts and tuning in on Sunday mornings and never go to another church in Albuquerque. And I'd say, whoa, that's not the purpose for those podcasts. 
for you to call New Life your home church and for you to live however hundreds of miles away. Like the church should be local. Like you should have a fellowship of believers. If we looked over the definition of church, if we looked over the function of the church, well then, you know, parts of those functions are edification, uh, social concern. Like what do you worship, you know, corporately? And um, what was the other one? Uh, the the uh, Evangelism. And some of those I guess you could do by yourself, but it's like, well, that's not the church. If you move from here, you should switch churches. That would be a very good reason to find another fellowship of believers and actually be with them, like in person, not just like an online church or, I don't know, it's, just, it's a cheapened version of church if that's what your church is. Don't you think? Yeah, I mean, I'm ta- preaching figuratively to the figurative choir because you guys are here in this building meeting together physically. So, but if you see that and someone's like, oh yeah, I moved five years ago and I still consider New Life my home church. It's like, you haven't been to New Life in five years, bro. You live on the other side of the, the you know, the, the nation. It's like, you find a local church. That's important. Um, so another, so that's one reason to switch churches, a good reason, I think. Another good reason to switch a church is if the definition of church is not being carried out by the church. You go to a church um, and the church stops maybe being holy. It's like going to a church that is not holy. And I'm not just talking about like the church, you know, any church you go to, you're going to find hypocrites and people saying, you know, we should live this way, but then you find them living a different way. And then they repent and there's repentance and forgiveness and, 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 and there's, there's the move on from there. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about like a church that's just like they love to sin and they're, they're fine with it. We'd say, no, that's not fine. Uh, let's, let's go to a different church. That would be a good reason. You're, the church isn't being holy. Or if the church isn't, uh, no longer dis- for some reason decides to be a cult or something. It's like, yeah, we know that the apostles taught this about Jesus, but we're going to go ahead and teach something crazy. It's like doctrines of like a 300 God squirrel monster. We're going to worship that thing instead of Jesus. Like what? No, that's, that would be a good reason to switch churches. Um, a very good reason. So anyways, uh, those are examples of the church not being the church in definition. And I think I, would, I gave you the, the question, well, what if the church isn't functioning like the church? What if a church, you meet together and the church is like, yeah, we don't really care about the poor. You'd be like, whoa, that's a, that's, what? Like, why? I, mean, I think I need to switch churches. Or a church says, yeah, we don't really, you know, think evangelism is very important. You'd be like, whoa, like, really? Like, you never? Like, yeah, we just, uh, let somebody else do that. We'd be like, whoa, that's not the church being the church. Or if a church uh, was like, yeah, we don't think worship is very important. You'd be like, whoa, but what's your definition of worship? He's like, yeah, praying and, you know, singing to God. We don't, we don't do that. He's like, whoa, like, are you guys even the church? You're not functioning like the church. That'd be a good reason to switch churches. Um, so there's, there's some good reasons for leaving a church. Um, there's also some bad reasons. Uh, and I put this as the picture of today. Um, it's the cross in a shopping basket. And you might be wondering, oh, why, why was that on the cover? What, what do we mean by that? Um, well, this is something the church should not be, by the way. It's, you could make a big X on it if you would like to put a big X on the church. Uh, not the church, put a big X on the shopping cart. Don't, you know what I meant. Don't put an X on the cross, put an X on the shopping cart. Uh, the cross shouldn't be in the shopping cart. Anyways, um, <clears throat> there's consumeristic reasons. I think we live um, in a place in America that is very consumeristic driven. Like, oh, there's another church down the, r- the road that has a sweet volleyball league. Sweet. I'm going to go to that church. 
Forget New Life. They got a sweet volleyball league. Or, oh, there's another church down the road that has a funnier pastor. I'm going to go to that church because that pastor is funnier. Man, there's another church down the road that has much better parking than New Life has parking. Um, and we laugh, but, but that, I mean, there's some legitimacy, but like in this like consumeristic world that we live in, it's like, oh, I go to a church that um, meets all my needs and churches all about me. It's all about me, um, as the anti-worship song goes. Or um, you go to church to get fed. And this is maybe the reason that I hear the most as, as a pastor. I'll hear people like, oh, we're not getting fed anymore at, at this particular church. So we're going to switch churches so we can get fed. And I think that's a, I mean, if that's a legitimate need that, to get fed, and of course, I'm, I'm speaking figuratively, like spiritually fed, spiritually discipled. Um, and so if you, if you find yourself saying that, and I know that I, if I was to be honest, have found myself saying that through my Christian walk of like, yeah, I'm not really, I used to get fed at this church, and now I'm not really getting fed anymore. Um, well, if you ever come to that point, I'm sure many of you will or have, well, you're asking maybe the wrong question or you're saying the wrong thing. It's like, I'm not getting fed here. Well, what about, well, what are you doing to feed other people around you? If you're at this point where you have learned and you've progressed in your spiritual walk and you're um, maybe doing your own research and commentaries and maybe you come to church and you're not getting fed here anymore, well, what are you doing to get fed? And what are you doing to feed others? There's some point in your life when you have to leave the baby stage of being fed and f- start feeding yourself. Here's my son. He's feeding himself. <laughs> if he's, <laughs> I should probably preface and say the can was not open. So he's just holding. <laughs> he wasn't. He just, he's, he's like one in this picture. He's not drinking a Mountain Dew for real. But he's... <laughs> Anyways, you'll get to a point where you feed yourself. And you, as a Christian, if you are being the church, well, then you should feed others. It's, the, it's this mindset that needs to change from a baby Christian to a mature Christian where you say, well, I'm not here to get fed anymore. I'm here to give. I'm here to serve. And there's places like Sunday school, which you're in right now, where it's like, okay, we're getting fed on a, on a, on a higher level uh, on a more theological level than maybe other Bible studies. But we're beginning fed so that we can go out and do something about it, so that we can go out and maybe teach others, so that we can go out and have educated conversations with others. Because um, the church needs to be the church where a, a place where we can get fed as well as those that are fed can feed others. Let me end with this story. It's a parable of two families. And I heard this a long time ago. It's not my parable, something I heard um, and it just made a lot of sense at the time. And it makes sense, I think, in light of this talk. And so you imagine two families, let's say, coming to new life. Family number one and family number two. And they're kind of checking it out. And they meet one of the pastors. And let's say this pastor is a wise, uh, knowledgeable pastor. Wise beyond their years. And so family number one comes up to this wise pastor and says, uh, we're looking around. We're, we just moved here from another uh, city. And we're, we're trying to find a church. What is New Life Church like? And the wise pastor says, well, tell me about your old church. What, what church did you come from? And they say, well, our, our old church was awesome. It was really wonderful. 
and we were connected there, and we were involved there, and the people were great, and the people welcomed us, and it was the most wonderful church experience in the whole world. And so this wise pastor says, well, guess what? New Life Church is just like that. And they leave smiling, saying, hey, I thought that, because people were nice to us, and we came in, and and we got welcomed. I, I really feel like this church is like our old church. Sweet. High five. And family number one walks away. Family number two walks up to the wise pastor and says, hey, we just moved here from another city, uh, a different city than family number one. We just moved here, though. We're checking out churches in Colorado Springs. We're checking out New Life. Could you tell me what your church is like? And this wise pastor says, well, tell me what your other church was like. You're moving cities, so what was your church like in your old city? And they said, well, we didn't go that much. It was, we had just some bad experiences. There was people that weren't very nice there. There were people that liked to be gossipers, and we felt like we were often gossiped about. There were people there that didn't really care about the Great Commission. There were people there that um, we, we just didn't get involved. It was hard to get involved. People weren't very nice sometimes. Um, we just didn't have that great of a church experience. And the wise pastor tells family number two, well, you know, I'm kind of sorry to say this, but, you know, new life is kind of like that. And the, the, the family, oh, I, oh, we're looking for a different church. And so they leave sad. But the, the, the wise pastor in this parable um, sees something about these two families. And if, with his definition of church is that, well, if you make church what it is, if the church really is the body of Christ, if the church really is people, well, then you make church what it is. And if you kind of follow um, in, in the steps of like being welcoming yourself, well then, well then you're going to go, you're going to be at a welcoming church because you're, you make the church what it is. And so, um, I don't know, I, I thought back to that example of, of what church is and the, the parable of two families. It's kind of humbling. And if you think about, you know, you think about people who always have bad church experiences, you know, like people that come to New Life and have a horrible church experience. Well, well, maybe there, there's something broken in them where, you know, like broken people find broken situations. Maybe, I don't know. Because I think, I know that there's people that come to New Life who are like, oh, that church is the best church in the world. They were so welcoming and nice and kind and everybody was smiling. And there's other people that come to New Life and be like, man, that church is full of cliques and everybody's frowning and everybody's mad at everybody. It's like, well, it's the same church. Um, anyways, we are the church, this greater example. So it's with that that I, I want to kind of conclude in, uh, in today's lesson. Next week, we're going to continue this talk about church. Uh, Greg Hampton, who has spoke before, will be here. And he's, I think he's going to talk about denominations and, and why there's differences within the church. But um, let's close today. As we've, if, as we've talked about the functions of the church, let's close in prayer. And Father, we come before you humbly and just knowing that we are your body. We are your church. We are the community of people, the community of saints that, that calls you God. Um, would you be with us as we, as we go from here, as we continue to be the church? Fill us with your Holy Spirit. Fill us with your presence. Allow us to be the most awesome example of church here on this earth. So we love you and we praise you, Jesus. And everybody said, Amen. Thank you for listening to the Mill Sunday School Podcast. You can find more information at www.themillonline.org.